So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today our bonus episode is a conversation we had with Goran Roos. He's a man that wears many hats, but today he talks to us in his capacity as visiting professor at Flinders University in Sydney for the Industrial Transformation Institute. Goran is passionate about strategy, innovation management and research policy, and intellectual capital, and has made his way to New Zealand to be a guest speaker at a meeting with Business New Zealand, of which Hero was very happy to be a part of. This was fortuitous for stirring the pot, and we're very happy to take advantage of his presence here in Aotearoa. Hope you enjoy. What is the significance of intellectual capital and how does it drive innovation? Well, the significance is that for most companies, it is today the deployment of these three resource categories that are classified as the traditional intellectual capital ones, where the people, the brands, the processes and the relationships that actually drives the firm's ability to make money. And um, if you if you think about it, what is it that makes me as a company able to make more money than my neighbor? <laughs> and the answer falls down into you know, kind of three criteria. Firstly, I need something that nobody else really has. Then I need to be able to use this something cleverly more than once. Otherwise, it's not really interesting. It has to be relevant for me given the strategy I have. So it has to be strategically valuable. And then it has to be able to not be easily imitated or substituted by, by any of my competitors. And if I have these things, it means that I can actually leverage that to be very, very profitable. And most of those things that you fulfill those requirements are either brands, processes, system, or unique people with their capabilities or unique relationship to the whole. It's not machines that you can buy on the open market. If you can buy them, anybody can buy them. And it's actually not money. If you have a really good idea, there's always money to be found. And if you can't find money, it really means that your idea isn't good enough. And what can companies do to better protect their intellectual capital? Well, some of it you can protect uh, directly. There are patents and copyrights and so on. <clears throat> some of them you can protect by not telling anybody about them. So you have some magical activity you do inside the firm and you keep that secret. So secrecy in this area is, is important uh, in the scenario. And the other one is to make sure that you combine these resources in ways that are very difficult to people to combine. So let me give you a, 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 a simplistic example to illustrate that. So. You have some really bright people that you train into some really specific knowledge which is really good for your company. What you want to make sure is that if these people go to another company, which is their right to do so if they choose in a free world, um, then that that company's ability to extract value for them should not be as high as yours. And the way you do that is develop a unique language in your firm that you then co-develop with specific tools and issues that don't exist anywhere outside your firm. And that means when you separate these things, so the tool on their own right, the people on the right, they are not as valuable for the next one because they don't have the other component in these ways of doing it. So, so there are basically ways uh, to protect all those three things, be that legally protectable, be that protecting through secrecy, or be that pr- protection because you have deployed them in very intelligent ways, which means that if you separate and somebody else gets them, they really are not that valuable. In terms of the human side of that intellectual capital, um, what can be done to, in terms of HR innovation um, to enhance that? Well, I think the first issue, and I think we, we, um, we touched upon it very early on in this discussion, <clears throat> is the fact that the way you work in manufacturing companies has to appeal to what the new generation expects in this area if you're going to attract them. And that means you have to 
not have the kind of top-down autocratic structure. You have to have team team operations. You have to have a certain amount of flexibility, freedom. You have to have nice work environments in whatever that entails, depending what business you are. This does not mean that you should not have good processes that needs to be adhered to or adhere to health and safety and all those things. Obviously, you need to do, but you can combine uh, these scenarios. So the first issue is uh, you need to have an environment and a culture which is appealing to these people. Secondly, you need to ensure that you constantly, well, firstly, you need to recruit the right people. We take that for granted. But once you once you have these people, you need to ensure that they are constantly keeping relevant to you. And this is mutuality. So um, as an employee, I expect to have the right to be trained by my employer to stay valuable to that employer. But likewise, the employer has the right to explain, expect me. In other words, I have an obligation to spend an equal amount of my free time to be to training myself to stay relevant in the eyes of my employer. So this this lifelong learning is is critical. And the faster that knowledge develop or technology, if you so want, develops, the more critical it is that you constantly keep learning. So the fact that you think you can leave school and never go back to the stool bank is well forgotten. It's you know you you need several weeks of continuous training every year to stay relevant in this landscape in which firms are operating, specifically if you operate in a competitive export market. If you don't do that, then the company will not survive. And if the company don't survive, you don't have a job. So there is a mutual responsibility on the employer and the employee to do this. And I, I think that is probably the most important HR thing that you can do. And Part of that is also to be clever how to do that. You, you don't want to send your people away for four weeks. That's not beneficial to really anybody. You can't be without them then long and so on. So what you need is what we tend to call micro-credentials. So as an industry or a sector, you need to standardize the components of a knowledge that you want everybody to have. You know, what should they learn about digital things? What is it is? And break it down into these components to maybe you have a two-day program, a Friday and a Saturday, so half on the company time, half on the employee's time. And then you verify that the knowledge has been acquired, and there are many different ways you do that. And then you accumulate these micro-programs. And also it means that if I, in this company, go through micro-program A, and I move to the other company, they know that A is the same as the A in their place. And hence, there is a, there is a benefit to the whole industry of standardization. And you can actually verify how people migrate up their knowledge domain. And this this understanding of how to manage these uh, continuous learning processes that are required in today's world, I think is one of the critical HR components for the manufacturing industry. I can really see that you are practicing what you are preaching because you know an incredible amount about an incredible amount and we were so lucky to have you here today. Um, please let us know when you're back because I'd like to ask you many other questions about many other things. Thank you so much, Goran. If you've enjoyed today's conversation with Goran, I'd strongly encourage you to consider our Innovation Ready, Set, Go program here at Hera. We're transferring to digital rollout, which means it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to access it in your workplace in the context that the transformation is happening. But if you haven't heard about Innovation Ready, Set, Go, it is a innovation process and leadership program to ensure that you are able to have the tools in your toolkit to get you and your business started on the innovation journey as soon as possible. 
We cover off a range of different things, a range of frameworks, mindsets, and things you're going to need to be doing in your business to make innovation a success. And one of the key things that we do cover off is things like IP protection and ensuring uh, that you are protected along the journey towards new product development. If you'd like to find out more about Innovation Ready, Set, Go or any other of our innovation programs here at Hera, get in touch with me. My details are in the show notes.